Hi, I'm Pastor Guy Burke. We welcome you to this week's worship with First Baptist Church Indianola. We also invite you to find out more about us at our website, www.fbcindianola.com. And don't forget to like us on social media. Join us now as we study deep truths from God's holy word. you this morning to take your copy of God's Word and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to be in the last part of that entire Gospel, Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to look at verses 16 through 20 in a sermon I've entitled, A Disciple's Responsibility, A Disciple's Responsibility. Over the last several weeks, we've been looking at some key values, if you will, uh, as we've walked through uh, some important uh, discipleship kind of issues. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about worship. And this week we want to talk about the disciples' responsibility. Matthew chapter 28. Because here at First Baptist Indianola, we exist to cultivate authentic followers of Christ. And when we think about this, this means that we have an important, specific responsibility as disciples and as the church of the Lord. You know, I learned a good lesson about responsibility probably when I was in junior high. My mom got me a checking account. She was going to teach me all about finances, okay? And so she got me a checking account, had my name on it, had her name on it. And so I decided that one day I was going to use that, that check. You know, people say, You got money. Other people say, Well, I got a check. You know, you, I, I don't have cash. I got a check. So I go about it and I, and I write me a check. Well, little did I know, I hadn't been keeping up with all the details about my checking account. And if you write a bad check, what happens to it? Bounces as high as a basketball, right? Well, there I am. I've got a bounce check. Not a lot of money coming in at that point in time. But what does my mom do? Does she pay it for me? No, she doesn't. She says, if you bounce the check, you're paying the fee for the bounce check, which I think was about $20. So responsibility, you got to learn it sometime. Amen? Sometime along the way, you got to learn responsibility. And that's just one lesson of responsibility I learned in my life. But authentic disciples, we have a responsibility. Authentic disciples of our Lord, we have a responsibility. And that responsibility is known as the Great Commission. The Great Commission here is presented to the original disciples, the ones that walked with Jesus, the ones that were there with Jesus. But it's a command for all disciples of all times. So that leads us to our big idea for this morning. It shows us that a great mission takes a great responsibility. A great mission takes a great responsibility. So let's consider the command of our Lord together today. Here, those of you watching by live stream, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. And this is what's recorded at the very end of Matthew's gospel. The 11 disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. Verse 18. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. 
And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So when we think about this responsibility that comes with the Great Commission for all disciples that profess to follow Jesus, when we think about this, there's three key elements I want to share with you this morning. The first one is, it's not about my control, it's about his command. It's not about my control, it's about his command. You know, we, we like to be in control, don't we? There's some of us men that we're the ones that's going to be driving no matter where we travel to, right? Because we want to be in control. We are sold in our culture, in our Western culture, within our nation, we're sold on things that this will give you more control. You will have more control over your life if you buy this product. If you enter into this deal, then you're going to be the one in control. And so control all becomes this type of drug, if you will, that we buy into because we want to have control in our life. We want to be the one making the decisions for our life. We want to be the ones in the driver's seat of our life. And so control, it filters into every area. The, the tentacles of control, before we know it, it's in every area of our life. And we're trying to have this control. And if there's one thing a pandemic has reminded us is maybe we're not really in that much of control. And so when we come to the Great Commission, this command of our Lord Jesus to, the, to all disciples of all times, it shows us it's not about my control, it's about his command. Because to follow Jesus authentically, it means to surrender to his authority. And that's where we begin. That's where I want us to begin, the, the first stop along the way this morning. Because Jesus says here that he has all authority. Where does he have all authority? All authority on heaven and on earth. Now, does this mean that he didn't have authority while he was walking along? I mean, this is after the resurrection. This is before the ascension. Is, is, is this Jesus saying he didn't have all authority in the past? No. But it does illuminate for us that any boundaries of the incarnation, remember what we celebrate at Christmas, Jesus coming as a baby, the incarnation, that doctrine of the faith, it shows us that if there were any limitations or boundaries within the incarnation. Now those are completely gone and Jesus is completely presented in all authority as the reigning Lord and Savior, the reigning King of all the earth. And so with that authority, he gives this command and this responsibility to the disciples. You see, the Father has given the Son this authority. Therefore, those that profess to follow the Son must yield and surrender to his authority. Because he is both Lord and Savior. You see, Jesus, he's not a cosmic tooth fairy that comes to leave salvation underneath our pillow. That's not a risen reigning Lord. That's a caricature that we make up in our own minds so that we can stay in control. But to follow Jesus isn't about my control, it's about his command. Because a great mission takes great responsibility. And so as we come here, we see that the Savior has the authority to present this command to all to all of his disciples, not only in this context, but to the entire church. And we see later on in the, books of, in the book of Acts that the disciples, the early church, they took this command seriously. And they took obedience to it seriously to follow through with it in the early church. 
It is with this authority that he gives this command. Often we find ourselves wanting to be calculated in the decisions that we make instead of submitting to an authority above us. But to profess Christ is to yield to his lordship as Lord and Savior of our lives. He continues on. He says, here, go. So the first stop was that, yes, Jesus has all authority on heaven and on earth. And then he says, go. And we need some clarification for this two little word here just for a minute. Because a lot of times what happens is, is that when we think about go, we think that means that we must go to some far, far land in this strange place that we might have never even heard of to go there. And that actually people that are on a higher spiritual plane are the ones that are supposed to go there. And then this confusion takes place in our life because Satan wants to be the author of confusion in our life. And this confusion comes in and it gets wedged into our mind and in our psyche that that's somebody else's job to do. It's not my job to do. That's not what we see in this responsibility. That's not what we see in this command that Christ gives to all disciples of all times. You see, go in the original language, it, it actually means as you are going. As you go about your life. So what does that say to us? That says that we need to remove that wedge from our mindset that it's somebody else's special calling to do and embrace the responsibility that's given to all disciples to understand that as we go in our life, that as we go is our ecosystem for proclamation of who Jesus is. Because it's not about my control, it's about his command. And a great mission takes great responsibility. So it shows us that wherever we go, we show who Christ is. And then he says make. So he has all authority. And then he shares going. But then make. Make disciples. That's the imperative in the language. Or that's the command that is given. So go. There's an understanding that we're going to go as we follow Jesus. But then the crutch of all of this is make. Make disciples. So it's not about control, it's about his command. And his command is for us to make disciples. So that begs us to ask the question, how am I making disciples? How am I taking on the responsibility of the Great Commission? How am I stepping out in faith? as a disciple of the Lord Jesus, to make disciples? How am I engineering my life and the priorities of my life in order that more disciples can be made? How am I shifting my control and relinquishing that to follow the command of Jesus to make disciples? You see, as we've journeyed the last several weeks, we've seen that to be an authentic follower of Jesus, it takes prayer. And it takes real, genuine worship. And now today we see a value of responsibility. A value of responsibility of making disciples. Of being a part of a church that seeks to make disciples. And embracing that command that Jesus has given. But as we follow the command of Jesus, we must view the world as Jesus views it. 
And that leads us to this second element, this key element. So the first key element, not about my control, it's about his command. The second key element today as we think about this, it's not about you, it's about them. It's not about me, it's about them. You know, parenting, as you become a parent, really changes everything, right? It changes so much in our lives, right? It changes how we view things. It changes how we go about our lives. It changes our priorities in a lot of ways. It changes our hobbies. It changes our day in and day out. It changes so much as parents, right? That's why we tell folks that aren't parents, you just wait. That's why we say things like that, right? You just wait. I was messaging with my, my cousin the other day, and she was asking me. They were traveling through Grenada. And she, she, whenever she comes up to the north, you know, it's so far away from where I grew up. But whenever she comes up to the north, she's going to ask me where to eat. I don't know why she would ask me that. I don't, I don't understand. But she's asking me if there's any good places around Grenada to eat. And we got to texting back and forth. So I asked her how she'd been doing with school starting. She's a teacher. And how the kids were doing, her kids. She was like, oh, I got two in college, one in high school. And then she types in with exclamation point, oh, I'm so old. I said, well, at least you're not 40 with a 20-month-old. That's my scenario. But parenting, it shifts it all. It changes everything. It changes our, it makes us understand it's not about me. It's about them. But that's what the command of Jesus does as well. The command of Jesus, it does this. It it shifts us from thinking it's about my control and it's about me and it's about my preference and it's about what I've known and it shifts it to my responsibility to them because there's plenty of them that don't know the name of Jesus. There's plenty of them that don't believe in who Jesus is. There's plenty of them that are separated from knowing who Jesus is. The church is called into the same role of sacrifice because it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about them. Now how do we know that? Well, Jesus uses a very specific word in the Great Commission when he says all nations. It's a Greek term, it's where we get our English term ethnic from. The Greek term is ethne. And this term is comprehensive because it represents all peoples of all nations. Now, this was revolutionary to the original audience. You may be thinking, well, why why is that such a big deal? Why is that one little word in this whole paragraph such a big deal? Well, for the original audience, with them being part of Israel, God's chosen and people set apart, Jesus is shifting their paradigm. No, No longer is it just included as Israel as God's people. But now the door is wide open because the Son of God has come. Emmanuel, God is with us. The Son of God has come and now the door is open for all people of all places, of all tribes, of all nations to know Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior. And so that directs our responsibility. It directs our responsibility of taking care of me to realizing it's not about me, but it's about them. And this key element, it goes back to our big idea. And our big idea, a great mission takes great responsibility. 
A great mission takes great responsibility. And the transaction that took place for the original disciples here was understanding the greater mission, the greater purpose. Why did Jesus come? He came not to save certain ones. He came to save all. And to follow him, we take on that same viewpoint, that same vantage point, and take on that responsibility. And we understand our responsibility is to bring those that are seeking a Savior to the Lord Jesus. That's hard to do. It's hard to do a lot of times. It's hard, it's hard, to, it's hard to remove our viewpoint from ourselves a lot of times. But it's what we're called to be about. I had an instance this week. I was talking to a contractor, came and did some work at my house, hasn't been back when he's supposed to be back. I know y'all find that a big shock around here, right? So I finally get in touch with him to try to get an update. And he's not too happy with me. I'm just calling for an update, but, you know, I don't know how his day was going. But he's not too happy with me. And in the midst of that conversation, as I was going about my day, I had to stop. And I had to watch myself because being right wasn't right in that moment. And I had to remove my mindset from money, job, completion, and all those things and understand that I was talking to a person that was hurting. And it was in that moment God brought up that question that I've been asking us, myself and us as a church for a long time now. Who's your one? And could it just be the person on the other end is the one you need to start praying for? The one you need to start reaching out to in some form or fashion? See, as we go, it's not about me. It's about them. The one that needs a Savior. So following Jesus, his, following his command, it, it removes our eyes from ourself to greater kingdom matters. And that's the final element I want to leave with you this morning. I want to leave with you this last element. We, we've talked about our, our big idea is, is a great mission takes a great responsibility. And there's three elements. It's not about me. It's about them. It's not about control. It's about his command. This last element is this. It's not about a mega church, it's about a glorious kingdom. It's not about a mega church, it's about a glorious kingdom. I was watching a video of Tim Keller. If you don't know Tim Keller, he's a great author. The pastor started a church in New York City, Redeemer Church, reached, became multi-site, reaching all kinds of people in New York City, right? He was being interviewed about church leadership, and he made this comment, and he said, you know, it's not in the Bible this is not in the Bible that your church should grow. Now, he's coming from that as a vantage point of numerically, specifically. But what he's sharing is, is that if you follow the Lord and you, and you follow the, what Scripture teaches, and, and if you're about the responsibility of the Great Commission, then your church is going to be growing. But it's not a command for your church to grow. The command is to follow what Jesus has laid out for the church. And so as we have entered into a new normal, we have to begin to wrestle with, okay, as the church, we have to begin to wrestle with a new dashboard to look at. Because if our only idea is, hey, there has to be 
a mega church here or we're not doing things right, then we're off base. But if our mindset is, I'm following what God's word teaches, I'm being obedient to what God's word says, I'm trusting in God to move and to work, I'm reaching out as part of the church and being obedient to the Great Commission. If we're following God's word in obedience, then we leave the results to him because we're trusting in him because it's about a glorious kingdom. And so maybe one of the best things we can shift to is from, hey, the dashboard of what Sunday morning looks like to actually how are we placing the kingdom above everything else? How are we seeking the Lord and building his kingdom? Because kingdom matters are eternal matters. Not earthly matters, not earthly statistics, but kingdom matters are eternal matters. And he gives some specifics here. He gives some specifics on how we make disciples. He says we, we baptize them and we teach them. And so we want to we be about baptism happening. And I, and I scrolled through this morning. My kids came with me this morning. And, of course, they need the Wi-Fi password in the office, right? And I don't know where that's at. i got to find that this week, so pray for me. But I'm scrolling through some. I thought I had taken a picture of it sometime last year, so I jumped to 2019, and I'm scrolling through, and I see several of these baptisms that happened through 2019. And then I was reminded of a leader in our church that has been reaching out to people intentionally and specifically, and that earlier on this year, we had two baptisms when we couldn't meet in here like this. To be about the work of the Lord baptizing them, and then teaching them. So baptism is, is a starting point on the track of faith. But we come alongside those running the same race to build them up by teaching them the commands of the Lord Jesus, how to follow that. So what does that tell you and I? That tells us that, yes, Sunday morning is important. To gather like this, to worship the Lord Jesus is important. But there are other steps we have to engage in to be authentic followers of Christ. There are other steps we need to take. There are other priorities we need to shift in our life to take hold of the responsibility of the Great Commission so that baptizing and teaching are facets of a true New Testament church right here in the Mississippi Delta. And that's not for a called few. That is for disciples who profess the Lord Jesus. And so it's not about getting a megachurch. It's about a glorious kingdom building the kingdom of God as we go in this ecosystem that we are in, proclaiming him as Lord and Savior of our life so that he may receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the credit that God might do a God thing in this place. And it's a responsibility, and we take on that responsibility but we realize we're not strong enough to accomplish it on our own. So how does Jesus wrap this up? He gives us a stark, clear, encouraging reminder. And that reminder is, I will be with you. So this shows us that this responsibility, we don't do it in our own strength. We don't do it in our own power. We don't do it with our own strategy. We don't do it in, in, in man-made ways. No, 
we understand that he is with us to lead us, to guide us, to give us the grace and strength that we need to build his kingdom here on earth. And as you read through the New Testament, you go into Acts and you see that these disciples, they took this command and they followed in obedience. And God began to bless and God began to move and the Holy Spirit arrived and things were never the same. A great mission takes great responsibility. And I think we need to be clear this morning. I think we need to be real clear this morning that churches that, re, that will reemerge in the future beyond this pandemic, that churches that will reemerge in the future, they will take this responsibility seriously. They will take hold of this responsibility of the Great Commission and building God's kingdom seriously. And that makes us wrestle with what kind of church are we going to be? We're going to be a church that gets back to the way we knew things? Or are we going to be innovative to reach the people that don't know Jesus? Are we going to be focused on the, one, the way that we knew it or the one that doesn't know it? There's two directions to head. And the Great Commission shows us exactly where to go. Because that's what I want for you this morning. When we think about a great mission takes a great responsibility. I want you to take on that responsibility. I want us to take on that responsibility. I want us to be about the responsibility of building the kingdom, of being obedient to the Great Commission for the glory of our great Savior. Because you know why? He's worthy. He is worthy of their glory. He is worthy of that neighbor's glory that doesn't know him. He is worthy of that person down on the coast where there's a church plant. He's worthy of that person's glory. He's worthy of that person's glory in New York and in Portland. He's worthy of that person's glory around the globe in places like Belarus and Africa and El Salvador or wherever it might be in London. He is worthy of that person's glory. And so let's take up the mandate and take on the responsibility to be about obedience to the command. Jesus lays out before all disciples to follow him as Lord and Savior and to make disciples for his glory. A great mission takes a great responsibility. Let's pray together. Lord, we bow before you today. In your word, it challenges us. It challenges us to make a great shift towards you. And Lord, I pray that that begins in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, I pray for, for everyone here, everyone listening, that, that maybe today you've illuminated for us that one next step to take. We may be sitting here and looking at this passage and this command, and, and it overwhelms us in some way, but there's one little step that we can take in the right direction. Illuminate that specific step to us. So that we can begin to move towards taking on that responsibility. No matter how young we are, no matter what stage of life we're in. That God, we would take on the responsibility of this great mission. To build your kingdom. To release control and follow and surrender. So that your name may be known and glorified. 
because you alone are worthy of it, God. Lord, there may be one listening today that's, they've never surrendered to your authority as Lord and Savior of their life. Maybe they're listening right now through a live stream or tonight's radio broadcast. Maybe today is the day of salvation for someone, both here and through those two mediums. Maybe you're leading someone to admit their sin in their heart and their life and to turn away from it, to confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that you are our Lord, that you are a risen, reigning Lord, and to, to surrender their heart and their life to you, to be saved from their sins, to have hope of eternity and a purpose in this life. Maybe there's someone that's making that decision today. I pray for them right now that they would t- step out in faith and make that decision. There may be one here this morning. They've been putting off reaching out to that neighbor, to that colleague. They've been, they've been putting off reaching out as they go about their daily lives. And maybe, maybe they're realizing they need to be looking, looking for that opportunity you're going to present to them. It could be today. It could be this week. It could be in the weeks to come. Lord, I pray right now you would solidify in their heart and in their mind to take that step of faith, that when that opportunity arrives at their footstep, that they would follow through and proclaim who you are. Lord, you are beyond our words. But you're calling us to submit to your authority. You're calling us to to follow your will in obedience. And you're promising to be with us as we do so. Lord, I pray that we would recognize that in our hearts and life and that we would take those steps to build your kingdom and to live out the purpose you have given us as disciples. We pray this in your holy, powerful name. Amen.